All righty. I um, very much appreciated uh, Trey Reamer stepping up and doing a great job with the team, with the team this morning. Um, that was really awesome, and I appreciate David tonight stepping up tonight. But here's what I appreciate more, Dave. It'd been awful easy for you to say, Sue's sick, no song, get up and preach. But you gave us something before the message, and I really appreciate that. Thank you, brother. And you know I love your singing. I really do. He's going to be singing Redeemed here before long. It's coming, ain't it? It's coming on. It's coming on. Very good. And I appreciate using the hymn book because, you know, it's funny how, you know, I, I, was, probably, I was probably 15 years old, perhaps, and I so remember, you know, i tell you how things have changed. I so remember that we would gather in our little choir room. It wasn't too little. We had probably 25 kids in there, probably youth. And we gathered in this choir room, and we would sing. We would get the hymn book out, and we'd sing hymns. And I'm going, oh my gosh, look how things have changed. Look how things have changed. And I, I picked that book up, and I can sing usually three of the four parts and know a lot of the words. And you know where I came from? Sitting in that choir room, singing those hymns with my friends. With my, and we had parties almost every Friday night, and we played Spin the Bottle. Isn't that racy? Isn't that racy? I tell you what, it really was. Do what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a Florida church. We were kind of, we were kind of risque, you know. But anyway, just, just really precious memories, you know. Um, and I cling to those. I really do. Like I say, y'all know my story on music. I love music, but I really cling to, to the. So many of the new songs are just really gripping my heart. But then, then you sing these, and how precious they are. How precious they are. So anyway. All right. So we're back in James tonight. James chapter 3, verse number 13. And I think it's unusual how James tonight, Bob, you appreciate this as a pastor, you know, how James takes a topic of wisdom and knowledge and really brings a practical lesson to our lives. And by the way, in case you don't know yet, you need to know, if you haven't become a student of James, and by that I simply mean read it through every once in a while, um, James is the most practical book in the New Testament. Of all the books in the New Testament that were written, if you want some good theology, you probably go you know, to Paul and his writings. If you want Jesus, well, of course, you go to Jesus. Okay. If you want something um, probably um, dealing with, with love, you go with John. Um, but boy, if you want practicality for your life, you go to the book of James. It is one of the, the most practical books in the New Testament. And James in chapter 3, um, in the few verses following, uh, starting in verse number 13, James uses wisdom and knowledge to teach us about how practical holiness is so important. Now, you've heard some of the things initially that we're going to share, but it's good to hear it again. It's good to un- understand the different, how to different, how to, How to tell the difference. (laughs) Sometimes you just leave the word alone. Okay? To tell the difference between knowledge and wisdom. So he starts out by throwing out a hypothetical question. Here's what he says. Who is wise and understanding among you? And I think it's a hypothetical question. Who is wise and understanding among you? Now, in this verse, he throws out those two words. The word understanding carries the meaning of an expert with knowledge. An expert with knowledge. It's kind of what you want from your doctor. You want your doctor to have the knowledge to do what he needs to do. So who among you then is a student of knowledge? But then he also says he marries these two together and you are going to see tonight how important it is. Okay, he marries together that word wise, that wisdom. So so he says, who of you is an expert with knowledge? 
Okay, now, of course, you understand, you've got to understand, he's talking practically, spiritually going here, okay? So who are you, who are you are an expert with knowledge, but who are you also, and, and an expert with wisdom? Those two are married together. Very, very important. Now, there is a difference, okay? Knowledge, of course, is knowledge. Knowledge is knowledge. But wisdom is the right use of that knowledge. Wisdom is the right use of that knowledge. And the Bible, the Word of God, puts more value... Now, listen. The Bible puts more value on wisdom than it does on knowledge. Okay? Um, In Proverbs 4, 7, it says this. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Wisdom is the principle. Wisdom is the number one thing. Therefore, get wisdom. You know, knowledge is not enough, okay? You've got to have wisdom to use that knowledge. Now, I just mentioned doctors. I just mentioned doctors. I want my doctor, um, when I go and do my things for the doctors, which seems to be frequently these days, okay? When I go to the doctor, I'm glad he's got all those things. When I go see Dr. Benna, Dr. Benna has all her little deals on her wall that says she, she's been to eyeball school. Okay? Oh, you got all those little things that, that say she's done that, okay? But here, been how long have you been doing medicine? 37 years? Okay? So, so it's wonderful that she's got those degrees on the wall, but more valuable to me, Benna, is 37 years of wisdom. See, when you, when you learn at school and then you go through life with a practical experience, in her case, uh, of ophthalmology, is that correct? Yeah. Optometrist, okay, when you go through that, that you learn and pick up and learn, and then you've got continuing education, you learn and you learn. So knowledge is not enough, you need to have practical application also. And listen, that is true in the Word of God. There's, there's a new, and nothing wrong with what I'm fixing to say, listen, don't misread what I'm fixing to say. There is a new resurgence of knowledge. A lot of the younger people and older people are grasping and wanting doctrine and theology and, and knowledge. That is awesome. But, but if all we have is theology and knowledge, then that, that's, there's something missing there. Okay? In fact, I wrote this down. Knowledge of the Word of God without wisdom is not only useless, it's dangerous. Let me say it again. Knowledge of the Word of God without wisdom is not only useless, it's dangerous. You know, you, if you take this book and you became a student of this book, Kathy, and you learn and you learn and you learn, but you do nothing with that, it's useless. And we say, well, Dwayne, okay, I get that, I understand that. And I, in fact, I would almost agree with you with that, Dwayne, that I understand that, that if I have a great knowledge of the Word of God and do nothing with it, it's really useless. But how is it dangerous? It's dangerous because when we start gaining knowledge like that, a second cousin to knowledge like that is pride. It's pride. And when, when we come in, we have all this knowledge of the Word of God, and then we come in with, with no practical application in our life, we talk facts, we talk what we know about the Word of God, but we have no practical application. It becomes a dangerous thing. Pride is a dangerous thing. You know, again... Pastors loved their degrees, and there's nothing wrong with that. But again, if that degree is not represented with a practical application of the Word of God, it's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing. So in this world where we are wanting and craving knowledge of the Word, make sure that you are not, what did James say? Hearers only, but doers of the Word of God. That's, he's, just, he's just reinforcing what he's taught earlier. 
Okay? So he throws this hypothetical question. Who is wise and understanding among you? Now, you know the root of wisdom. We find that in Proverbs 9.10. This is the NIV version. The fear of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord, the worship of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the, of the Holy One is understanding. So again, there's that marriage. We have knowledge of the Holy One, understanding who God is. But then when we start worshiping God, and by the way, worship according to Romans chapter 12, you know, worship doesn't occur just here, David, but it also occurs outside those doors. You know, when we offer our bodies as living sacrifices, that, according to Paul, is our spiritual worship. Our spiritual worship. So we worship when we gather on Sunday morning, but we worship in a very practical way when we go outside that doors. And by the way, don't you forget, in this dark area we live. I hope you're still shocked by that. That we're number 80 in the nation of the United States in an area of darkness. Don't let that go. Don't let that go. And so, so we can worship then, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of worship, you know, uh, beginning of, of wisdom. So when we have that and do that, then that's also worship outside the doors. So then James comes along, and then in the second part of verse 13, after he says, Who is wise and understanding among you, let him, let the one, because it's hypothetical, the one who has married wisdom and knowledge, the one who has married wisdom and knowledge, let him show by good conduct, that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. So there it is. There again. That's it. That's it. That's the marriage. That, that we had the knowledge and we have wisdom. And wisdom is the practical side of knowledge. Wisdom is the practical side of knowledge. It's very important. You know, knowledge can be shown by your degrees. Knowledge can be shown by your titles. Knowledge can be shown by your works. You can, you can go to a, to a church and teach a Sunday school class and you can really impress people with what you know. Okay? However, only, wisdom can only be shown by our actions. Wisdom can only be shown by our actions. Knowledge can be shown by our words and is shown by our words. Wisdom is shown by our actions. And let me tell you something. It's important that knowledge is shown through words. But it's more important that wisdom be shown by our actions. People care more about what we do than what we say. People care more about what we do than what we say. Now he goes, let him show by good conduct, by godliness, by doing good works, that his works are done. And here's this word, in the meekness of wisdom. Um, Some of y'all know the name, Bob, I'm sure you do, um, Warren Wiersbe. Warren Wiersbe, I think finally passed away here pretty recently at a very old age, uh, 80 or 90 years old. Um, you know, he just passed away, and he's just one of the great Bible teachers. Just a great, humble man of God Bible teacher. And it was him, I read this years ago when I was young and still I got his commentary. You know, you know, meekness is not weakness, but power under control. Meekness is not weakness, but power under control. And doesn't that describe Jesus? Doesn't describe Jesus? Jesus was the most powerful human being on earth, Bill, but he chose to control it. Now, the perfect example is a horse. You know, a horse can obviously throw and injure its rider. But when the horse is disciplined, when the horse is broken, okay, then the rider can ride the horse without danger. 
Okay? So meekness is not weakness, but power under control. So James says, let, a, let him show by good conduct, by his godliness, that his works are done, how? In the meekness of wisdom. Power under control. All right? James 3.14. But, now here's the contrast to that. You know, who is wise and understanding among you? Okay? Let him show by good conduct as works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Here's the contrast. But, if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and with lying. Okay, so so if in your heart there is bitterness, bitterly jealous and selfish ambition, that's a telltale sign of something wrong in the heart. And normally it's a sign of a heart without godly wisdom. Keep in mind, knowledge puffs, wisdom serves. Knowledge puffs, wisdom serves. And then he says, don't cover up the truth. Don't cover up the issue. Don't cover up the sinful truth by, bowing, by boasting and, li- and lying. I, I'm not proud. You know, I, 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 you know I, I'm humble. You know, don't try to cover it up by really what it is. You know, Romans chapter 13 is a great chapter. You know, we didn't really, we didn't finish Romans 13 this morning, but that's a good chapter for you to pick up and read this week. But Romans 13, later on, I haven't done anything with the, what we talked about this morning, but Romans 13, 13 says this. Let us walk with decency. Wisdom walks with decency. Wisdom walks with decency. As in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual impurity and promiscuity, not in quarreling quarreling and in jealousy. Let us walk as in the daylight without those things going on. I instantly, when I, when I was studying uh, for this, I looked at Colossians chapter uh, 3 and verse number 5. And it's, a, it's just great scripture, you know. Um, let's see here. Therefore, I like this. Can I just tell you? Therefore, how many of y'all are hoarders? How, how many of y'all at least find it hard to throw something away? Yeah, yeah, okay? All right, see, and that's, and that's what, listen, listen, that's what we have a tendency to do with our sin. We like to hoard our sin, okay? We, we, we like to save it for a rainy day, okay? Um, geez, I can't remember what it was, but there's something I did, you know, recently I said, Judy, I'm going to get this out, I'm just going to use it. Because, you know, I know some of y'all keep special underwear in your drawer, you know, I don't know what you're waiting on. Um, mama, mama, you know, you, you gave mama on Mother's Day, don't you? Handkerchiefs. And when my mama died, she had a drawer full of them. We saved them, okay? Now, here's the deal. Look what Paul says to do with our sin. It's really quite significant, okay? In verse number 5, okay, he says, um, Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, Passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived with them. But now you, you yourselves are to put off these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, Filthy language and out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man 
with his deeds. So, so pride, this, you know what? This is such a list of pride things. A lot of the anger and wrath and those kind of things are a list of pride things, okay? And those are things that Paul says we should put to death. And, and they're and more likely to pop up in a heart that's prideful through knowledge. A, a heart that gets puffed up um, through knowledge. But then he says these, I love these words. Look at verse 14 back in Romans 13. Look at verse 14. But, in contrast, in contrast, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Back to Colossians chapter 3, verse number 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. Um, above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of, of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. So there's the contrast. You know, the, the heart filled with, with knowledge, which tends toward pride, has that list of sins. And the heart that's, that's leaning toward wisdom that serves has those attributes. Those attributes. It's just huge and totally different, okay? Huge and totally different. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and watch, and watch, and watch. Don't make plans to gratify the desires of the flesh. Now, now keep in mind the tendency of knowledge. The tendency of knowledge. Keep that in mind. The tendency of knowledge is to make plans to sin. Why? Because of pride. I'm just telling you, look at it. It's a danger. It's a danger. It's a danger. Does it always happen? Will it happen to every person? No. But when we, when we get so much knowledge without, it's kind, of like a, it's kind of like the Dead Sea. When we get knowledge and knowledge and knowledge with no escape, it dies. It kills. Okay? But when we allow wisdom to have its effect, which is the knowledge, you know, the, the use of that knowledge, then life returns. Life returns. So knowledge has a tendency then to make plans for sin, usually rooted in pride, and the other side, wisdom makes plans to avoid sin based on service. Do you understand how important service is, Dave? It's huge. It's just huge. You know, if we, if we, the more we serve one another, the less likely we're going to be prideful. And the less likely we're going to be prideful then means that we'll take that knowledge and use it and turn it toward wisdom. Toward wisdom. Very important. He says in verse 15, this wisdom, okay, does, that this wisdom being the one that's bitterly jealous and selfish ambition, this wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly. It's sensual and demonic. That kind of wisdom is. And then, look at verse 16. But where envy and self-seeking exist, there's confusion and every evil thing are. Let me read it again. For, every, for where envy and self-seeking exist, Confusion and every evil thing are there. Wow. Wow. You know, what the, you know who the most dangerous church member is? You're all going, oh no, it's me. <laughs> Who's the most dangerous church member? Who's the most destructive church member? Self. Self. When we, as a member of the body of Christ become self-absorbed, it's all about us, we are a destructive danger to the church. 
Right or wrong? True or false? It really is. And here's the deal. It can happen to anyone, but the root of that is in pride, which can be in the area of knowledge. Especially, again, today. You know, the Gnostics were, were in, the, in the early church, were people who were just absorbed with knowledge. Just, just absorbed with knowledge. Okay, it's the most important thing. So, so be careful. Where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are. You know, I wrote down 1 Corinthians 14, 33. God is not the author of confusion. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. You know, in Proverbs six nineteen is that list. That list you don't want to be on. Six things are abomination. You know, six things the Lord hates. Seven's an abomination. And number seven is he who sows discord among the brethren. He who causes confusion among the brethren. And God is not the author of confusion. And where this kind of sensual, earthy wisdom is, there's envy, self-seeking, confusion, and every evil thing. That's where it is. See, isn't that funny how James did this? You know? So it's, it's a great thing, it's a, so you won't misunderstand me, it's a great thing to crave knowledge, but crave knowledge for the purpose of using that knowledge for wisdom. And wisdom is serving others. Amen? Does that make sense? It really does. It really does. It really does. Now, here's my question I wrote down. How many church splits are rooted then in a false wisdom that is a pride and confusion? How many church splits are based on self? Almost all of them. Almost all of them, okay? And then here's the deal. And this is where I, I said, well, is this true? You know, I, I thought about Galatians chapter 5, and it's that huge long list of sin. And here's what I wrote down. I said, okay, if, if how many church splits are rooted in false wisdom and pride and confusion, and most of them are, Okay, and the root of that is self, and often the root of that self is knowledge, because knowledge can bring pride. Okay, if that's true, okay, then where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm telling you, knowledge by itself can be a dangerous thing. You get pretty puffy. Okay, well, here's the long list. You know I was going to get there, so here's the long list. Galatians 5:19. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Um, sexual immorality, um, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds. See, the first three or four, you go, well, I'm good on that one, okay? But then it gets down to idolatry, which, by the way, somewhere else in the Word says it's greed. Um, sorcery, hatreds. Hatreds. Strife. Jealousy. Outburst of anger. Ooh. Selfish ambitions. See how that goes on with this pride thing? Selfish ambitions. Dissensions. Factions. Divisions. Envy. I heard that one already tonight. Drunkenness. Carousing. And anything similar. That's the list of bad stuff. Okay? And again, if, if, if I'm on target tonight, the root of that can be pride, and often the root of pride is knowledge when knowledge isn't used for wisdom. Okay? 
You know, I love it when, when Paul said, you know, anything similar, I wrote down duck. Can anybody guess why I wrote down duck? If it quacks like a duck and waddles like a duck, chances are it's a duck. So, so if it did, if something's in your life that's not clicking right spiritually, and it may, it, it, it looks like it may belong on this list, it probably belongs on this list. Okay. Now, then he goes on though, and, and now flips the side in James four seventeen. But the wisdom, now notice the parallel. But the wisdom that is above, okay, from God, is pure. It's it's peaceable. It's gentle. It's willing to yield. It's full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. See, that's so cool because, again, it's, the parallel is so strong, okay? So, so we have knowledge, okay, again, that can lead to pride, and, and pride leads to all these other stuff, okay? And then we have this wisdom from above, the wisdom that is used to serve others, okay? And then it's described as pure and peaceful and gentle and willingness to yield. Oh, I like that, willing to yield. That's good. Full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Okay? And we've got to close with Galatians 5.22. Notice the parallel. Notice the parallel. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Now, we, if you were thinking about wisdom and knowledge until James comes along and ties all this together and puts a bow on it, you probably wouldn't think anything about that. But hopefully tonight, you're saying, geez, that's something I need to be careful of. I need to be careful of that I balance my knowledge with my wisdom because the two have got to be married together. They've got to be married together. Knowledge in and of by itself can be useless and Dangerous Knowledge put to use becomes wisdom and it becomes peaceful and powerful. All right? And James closes with 3.18 and says, Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So I'll close with this all. I wrote down a wise believer and a wise church. A wise believer and a wise church knows the difference between wisdom and and knowledge. So a wise believer, okay, will know the difference between just knowledge and wisdom and the difference between knowing and doing or being. Knowing, doing, and being. Knowledge knows, wisdom does and is. Does and is. So just something to be aware of. So, something, to, something to take home tonight and file away, okay? And, and, and again, where we're living at in our world today, you know, because again, you know, theology is such a great thing. You know, theology is simply the study of God. A knowledge, a knowledge of God's Word is so important. But we've got to marry that together to the practical side, James says, and put, put it with wisdom where it involves serving others and serving God. Amen? Amen? Okay, let's pray. Now, Father, thank you so much for allowing me to share this night. I pray it made sense to us. Father, help us be acutely aware of the importance of not only knowing your word, but applying your word. Not only knowing your word, but applying your word. Father, I think we know 
how easy it is for pride to sneak into our lives. And it may use different back doors, but knowledge might be one of them. When we feel the urge because we know so much to boast on what we know, that's such a dangerous thing. Father, help us to wed knowledge with wisdom so that that knowledge may have an outlet. Unlike the Dead Sea who is dead because it has no outlet, let us be like a flowing river as you give us the knowledge of word and we can apply that knowledge and turn it into wisdom. Father, I want to thank you for the day you've given us here at Doorsville. I want to thank you for every person who came out tonight. You know, truthfully, Lord, it had been easy just to stay home. But we came out, and Brother David led us in some great hymns of the faith. We were thankful for that. That song, Father, I grabbed a hold of that line where it said, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what it's all about, Father. That's what we are about, and that's what you are about. So, Father, thank you so much. So, as we sing this hymn tonight, if there's any unfinished business we need to take care of, but Lord, we're available for that. Um, Father, if you just want to close us out with a song, then, Father, that's fine. Uh, we are grateful today. We are your grateful children. And, Jesus, I pray that in your precious name.